It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Analyst Inside Cricket, looking ahead to the World Test Championship final at the Aegeus Bowl. This podcast is in association with LV Insurance, who of course are sponsors of English Test and County Cricket. I'm at the Aegeus Bowl, actually looking out over the green sward uh, in front of me. The Indians are warming up uh, at the far end. Uh, It's actually looking a bit damp, I have to say. The covers are on and uh, the clouds are, are sort of gathering overhead the day before the game and the forecast is not good. Now we've got two very interesting people to preview the match with us today. We've got Simon Dool, the former New Zealand fast bowler, who's also a very popular commentator, and Dinesh Kartek, who's sort of almost making his debut as a live commentator. He did a few inserts for Sky during the winter, but this is his first gig as a proper commentator on a big game. He, of course, is still playing the game regularly for Kolkata Knight Riders, amongst others, and has some really interesting things and some insights into the current players. So they're joining us to preview this match and the first question we had for them actually was have they looked at the unusual rain regulations for this match with of course a sixth day added in case of inclement weather i i have had a look i didn't understand a thing but i asked the question it was the first question i asked when we arrived yesterday afternoon and if we need three overs on that day six we can take three overs right Uh, And if we need the whole day, we can take the whole day. So no matter what is required on day six, if there is eight overs lost lost to rain and there's a chance of a result, they can play eight overs on that day number six. So it's as simple as I can put it. Basically, whatever time is lost through the first five days can be made up if it rains on day number six. Yeah, so we could have a really bizarre situation where we get uh, 
you know a short a short sixth day and you know, 11 to 12 what no it's 10 30 start is 10 30. It? so, so 10 30 to 11 30 or whatever something like that mm-hmm. anyway or as simon says we could go right through the the whole day i mean just looking at the weather forecast i i'm a bit fearful that we we, we might well need that sixth day i'm just trying to what think. radar what radar do you use what what, what, what are we talking uh, just one of those weather apps that, that okay that gives you that day by day and there's there's yeah. about 80 percent on all the days of the match apart from <laughs> saturday uh, when they do get on the ground and if if they do in the next five or six days Who's who's favourite for this match? I can't I can't quite work it out myself. Who's who's favourite for the game? Oh, the country of one point two billion, surely they've got to be favourite. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I think I think New Zealand, the way they've played, I, I've actually just written a big feature, which you know, Dooley, you helped me with um, about New Zealand. I think New Zealand have become the the model for they've overtaken Australia as the model for how to construct a sporting team. And obviously the All Blacks led the way, but now the, the, the Black Caps have followed. And I think um, that the whole, the culture of New Zealand, New Zealand sport, is, is what the Australians probably were 20 years ago, mm. when we were all cop- copying their academies and, uh, and their kind of, their overall uh, attitude to sport. The Kiwis' attitude to sport is outstanding. And, and I, I think it's your time, you know, like just as I thought it was England's time to win the 2019 World Cup and their yeah. their whole build up, their their kind of momentum towards that tournament and the final was was almost uh, unstoppable. I feel with New Zealand, it's the same here, actually. I hope so. I, um, the, the, the issue is, and, and the reason I play it down is a little bit tongue in cheek, because only the All Blacks play favourites well. Every other New Zealand sporting team plays t- favourites terribly. So if, we, if we're perceived to be favourites, then it just doesn't bow well for us, I don't think. So if we were like to sneak in under the but radar, you're getting better. Bit, you'll get you'll, you'll second... getting better at dealing with the favourites <laughs> sort of tag. On yeah, we sure? are. We are. That, that, that's for sure. And I mean, this is a very good side. And I know you've um, you know you've written that article. I, I look at this, and and to me, this is the best. I think the best equipped New Zealand squad. And I'm not talking just team that we have ever been able to assemble. Um, and I know there'll be people, we talked a little bit about it in commentary the other day around the 1980s team, the 86 team, but it had two genuine world-class players, some really good players in and around it. But I, and, and our 99 side that came here with the likes of Cairns, Astor, Fleming, McMillan, Nash, you know, Vittori, really good side. But I just think I look at the depth and the strength in this side to change six players from Lords going to Edgebaston. And still to win over, yep, arguably yeah. not a great England side, but it tells me that there's great strength and depth from the side, and they're fairly confident. Who who put the poll up? Was that, was that you, Yours? Just put the poll up. No, that was me. That was uh, me. Improvising okay. in the back. What does the poll say? I thought you meant that someone had actually put a poll up. Can you not see it on your screen? I can only see poll in progress. Okay. Actually. Well, at the, at the moment, I mean, our our, our members are quite emphatically going. Uh, for New Zealand, with um, a, c- a couple going for the draw, India eighteen percent. I mean, in, I mean, India are such a good side. But what about mm. their? I think the issue is what about their preparation. But I mean, do mm. teams need yeah. that preparation? Preparation these days. So often we see teams. You know, they yeah. think, oh, they haven't had a great deal of preparation, and they play well almost straight away. Perhaps mm. cricket, cricketers are just used to it these days. Just well, did New Zealand off. look? Did New Zealand look underprepared at Lords? No, and, and I think that's the key. They were here in Southampton, yeah. intra squad games great facilities and and I think they went to Lords 
they didn't look unprepared at all. And, well, no, and, I mean, and you, you compare so England. India should look I mean, England, yeah, I, I mean, look at England. They'd had eight rounds of county championship cricket. Uh, these mm. guys, some guys had made already 500 runs this year and looked like novices. And, and yet New Zealand, who hadn't played a single match, apart from yeah. a few warm-up stuff, were re primed and ready. I think also another thing I like about the, the Kiwis is that they they're not scared to make dis like fairly drastic decisions, like suddenly bringing in Devon Conway to open the batting in that first test. So you know you've got that stable team, you've got a squad of players, but you're also not afraid to to make quite stark decisions and go for someone who you have a hunch with. And obviously it proved it proved a brilliant choice, but. That's quite brave, actually. And, you know, that can destabilize a team. So, you know, you need to be kind of stable, but also constantly innovate. And that, yeah. that seems to me what, what you are doing. And, and I think that the brave decision has been made too, uh, gents, with leaving Mitchell Santner out of the squad, uh, trimmed it to 15. Uh, that looks like to me that the, the toss-up is between Colin de Grandom and Ajaz Patel. Now, if we get a couple of couple of days or two and a half days of rain, and then we don't get started till maybe Saturday afternoon or, or, or Sunday, something like that, that might change. It might be Colin de Grandon, but at the moment, it looks like New Zealand will go in with Kyle Jamieson at seven, Tim Southey at eight, Wagner at nine, Ajaz Patel at ten, and Bolt at eleven, um, and just go with their top six batsmen with BJ Watling at six, and you know, and try and win it that way, and try and basically bowl India out. I mean, it probably makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? If it's going to be a shorter game, yeah, with weather around in English mm. conditions, De Grand Home, you probably think more than Patel, which is a shame actually, because you, you, I'd like to see Patel play. You want to see some spin, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, the Aegeus Bowl pitch. I mean, that uh, you, you need you need a decent game, a, a long game, I think, to get the spinners involved from the matches we've seen there uh, from from memory. Um, you know, spinners have had an effect there, not 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 a dramatic effect in the test matches we've seen. Um, but you know, if if if, if we'd had the you know if this weather had held, then de I think mm. definitely want a spinner in the next few days. I think what they've done is they've they've realised there might be a bit of weather on the way as well. So the last two days we've been here and it's been boiling hot. It was really hot yesterday. It's been really hot today, and it's been completely uncovered. So they haven't had the covers on at all. I've uh, got moisture in the sort of perimeters and the in the block, the, the square, and they've left the pitch completely open. So there's some grass coverage on it, uh, but I'm guessing the last two days have really dried it out. So they've expected the rain, and I'm sure the groundsman has got it absolutely spot on as of today and ready to go in two days' time because he knew the rain might be coming tomorrow. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I mean, as he was talking about having a a pitch with pace in it as well, isn't mm. it? Good, good pace and bounce. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. it normally does, doesn't it? I mean, it's mm. normally got good carry here, actually. Remember, um, there was a one-day match, I remember um, England played against South Africa about three or four years ago, and Mark Wood, they needed um, something like 10 off the last over. I think, I think it was, Chris, I think it was fewer Morris. than that. I think it was fewer it was, than that, yards, actually. Yeah, yeah, and and, and and Woody bowled a rapid over. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember, and then they lost, so they lost. And do you remember also, I mean, I remember Chris Tremlett getting a lot of or maybe it was Stephen Finn getting a lot of bounce here one year as well. And the ball really sort of carrying through, through sort of almost head high. So it, I, I think it's, it's a good cricket pitch. It's got, it's got something in it for, for everyone usually. And if it's overcast, it will help the seniors mm. a fair bit. But if, yep. it's, if it's sunny, it'll be a nice track to bat mm. on. And you're, I think 
it's one of those pitches actually where you're never entirely in. You know, you don't get double hundreds here, do you? I don't think anyone has made a double hundred here from memory, but you get some good eighties and nineties and. Um, the bowlers are always sort of got a bit of a chance. Well, someone called Zach Crawley made a double hundred there last oh, year. Yes. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, so I can't remember. Trouble is, you see, you watch all you watch all these games on telly now, and you, you yeah. can't distinguish one ground from another. Mind you, that was the last run he scored. I think wasn't it? Two hundred. Two hundred. He hasn't made sixty. He hasn't made sixty-seven since that day. I, mean, I don't think has he in total. What did What did he make of England, uh, Simon? Um, oh, look, I was disappointed. I was really disappointed at Lords. I thought that they, they needed to go for it. I mean, if you are asking a young side, now I understand that there's no Butler, there's no Stokes, um, no, Stokes. you know, I mean, what Chris Wokes perhaps. I, mean, I understand all that. But what are you telling these young guys when you're saying, we're not going to go for this title? If they had said to Zach Crawley, Sibley, you know, Joe Root himself, to Dan Lawrence and, and to Ollie Pope, boys, we're going to go for it. And listen, Stuart, Ollie, Mark Wood, Jimmy, you might have to block some overs out at the back end if we get out. And, and that's how we're going to play. And I think that England fans, in the ground in particular, and around the country would have forgiven them had they lost that test if they'd gone for it. Because crowds weren't allowed back. You know, I mean, it's the first time we had 6,000 at the ground. Crowds were finally being allowed back. They made some amazing noise. They put up with a day of rain. If England had gone for it and lost, I think there would have been full forgiveness uh, from the England uh, fans. Definitely, so to definitely. me, really, really disappointing. And then they were just, they were blown away at each best. And I thought they were, um, you know, you could, you could also turn around though and say, Joe Root takes the catch to dismiss Will Young. And the Zach Crawley thing is given out. Completely different game. Mm. Yeah, it was, it, England's catching is is an issue as well. And and we saw it last time in New Zealand. I remember I mean, Ben Stokes, everyone thinks he's a great catcher of the ball. He does take some great catches, but he also drops a few. And of course, he dropped BJ yep. Watling when he made 31. And uh, something like nine and a half hours later, he, he, <laughs> he made it to 200. I mean, it was an extraordinary innings. Uh, it was, ele- I think, about 11 hours and seven minutes in all. Yeah. Just, just, just to, um, to to pick up on what the Dooley was saying there about about England, um, a couple of things. One, if they had gone for it and they hadn't, they'd sort of come a cropper. Actually, the experience, though, lower order players like Bracey or uh, anyone else down the order, uh, staying in and, and playing for mm. a draw, that would have been a great thing to achieve. You remember the the drama that you know, Pano, this is an extreme example, but you know, Panasar and Anderson holding out against Australia yeah. at Cardiff. You know, that gives the nation a massive uplift, even though they were second best on that game, you know, just to kind of put them under pressure. And I did say this at the time, Simon, didn't I, that on that podcast straight after that first Lord's Test, you know, they didn't learn anything from those players and they could have learned something. They could have learned, are they able to up the tempo and, and chase a score or are they able to shut up shop yeah. and, and resist? So that's, that's one thing. Secondly, um, I actually had a day with Jason Roy yesterday filming for our World Cup documentary. And he was astonished that, mm. that England didn't go for it at Lords. And, and of course, he, he would say that, wouldn't he? Because that England one day side are so positive in everything they do. And he's the kind of fire starter in a way. Uh, yeah. So he would inevitably say, yeah, of course we're going to go for it. But he just thought it just sent out a terrible message and it mm. seemed really timid and, and unlike Joe Root actually as well. Now Pushkar came up with a great stat I can see on the chat he says the first time we've had three Simons even in test there have only been a maximum of two Simons <laughs> 
playing in a match, which, <laughs> which is a great start. So three Simons on the Virtual Cricket Club, and now a Bloody Dinesh, hell. now a Dinesh Kartik as well, which is which is great news. Wow, um, brilliant! Dinesh has joined us as well, which is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Dinesh, all... thank you very much. Where no, is it? it's my absolute pleasure to join the Three Simons. Thank you so much. <laughs> three Simons. <laughs> you don't have any problems identifying us. You'll have to call us Simon One, Simon Two, and Simon Three. Well, I'm Yolza. Yeah. So you call me Yolza, okay? Yeah. And the other two can be Dooley and Saman. Yeah. If, anyway, if DK Dinesh... can't recognise my accent, then there's an issue with between mixed up between you guys. If he can't recognise my accent, I'm sure DK will be fine with it. Evening, buddy. <laughs> How are you doing? All good. Yeah, great. Thank you, mate. The fab what, what, the... what room are you in, buddy? What room are you in? <laughs> well, point, it, point it out. Tell me where you are. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't come to the hotel yet. I'm in a different oh. hotel. I'm in the Harbour Hotel. <laughs> okay. okay. Are we in the Harbour Hotel? That's rather nice, yes, actually. Yes. Yeah. I've okay. come from a place so called Belgrade. So I've been yeah, now, now tell us about Tell us about your travels then. You've been in Belgrade. So tell mm -hmm. us all about that. Oh, so uh, basically, uh, from India, basically, uh, we got red listed. So, you know, we weren't able to go anywhere else. I mean... Uh, Literally, I wasn't able to go from Southampton to London. It was that bad. I couldn't just move from one place to another within Chennai. So, um, obviously, when you know when they're stopping us to move within the country, it makes it that much more harder for other countries to accept us. So then, uh, you know, first we had planned to go through Bahrain, but then you know we had booked the tickets, it got uh, approved, and then Bahrain closed doors on us. Then they said the other option is to go through Mexico. I said Mexico is a bit far-fetched. Like, that's the other way around the world. You know? <laughs> Nobody goes from India to Mexico to come back to UK. Well, anyway, uh, that happened, but you know that didn't that didn't come through as well. Mexico. I mean, does all the countries closing doors on us was fine, but when Bangladesh did it to us, it hurt me personally. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. But after that, we went to Serbia. Uh, we were. I mean. Interestingly, that's one of the places uh, having an Indian passport, you don't need a visa to get there. And the better part about that country is the fact that there's no quarantine. So it was me. And then uh, we went there and uh, we were there about uh, Sunny Pai and me were there about 10 days. And uh, it was a good time. Uh, uh, lots of stories all the way from 1955 to 2021. So I caught up. on. You've got the stories. right man. You've got the right man to be to be with. I mean, he wouldn't run out of stories, would he? You could be oh, with him for a year and he'd have a story for every day. <laughs> Yeah, you just walk into his room, he has a story. He's, he's fabulous. I mean, he, it's just amazing how he remembers all. Absolutely the opposite of me. One of the reasons why I'm dreading going into this commentary is, A, I'm very bad with names and my memory is like a goldfish. So, you know, I, I think I'm in the wrong profession. But anyway, you'll know in a, in a week's time. Is it, is it your first? So, obviously, you did some work on Sky um, during the uh, India series. Well, actually, you did some work on Sky during the Sri Lanka series, I think, didn't you, as well? No, oh. the India series. <laughs> oh, my, now my memory's playing up. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Sri Lanka series. Uh, interestingly, I will be doing work when they come to England this time around. But uh, then I did England versus India. I did the T20s yeah. and ODIs. But that's a lot different. I did punditry so that, you know, they were nice mm. to me. They were just asking a few questions before and a couple of questions later. And I'm done. My job is done. I'm just sitting and watching the match otherwise. Now I got to do ball by ball. And that's something that Dooley is... Absolutely amazing. And Dooley, you did a fab job in the England and New Zealand series. I loved it. Thoroughly loved Thanks, it. Thanks, Thank you. And we'll look after you as well, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll be kind to you. Don't worry uh, about please, that. You'll, please, you'll be please, fine. Please. I, 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 I'll, I'll buy you guys a nice bottle of wine after it finishes. It'll be nice to me at this point of time. I don't think I'll be Sounds this good. nervous even to play the, to play the sport. Well, what's what's your sort of commentary philosophy, Simon? What, how do you, how do you approach your TV commentary? I mean, you're a you're a player, Test match player. 
uh, and and now this is a very different job, isn't it? You know, you mm. it's 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 completely different. Okay, you are you were a former cricketer, but this this is about broadcasting. Yeah, and I think that the best thing I did, if I can go right back, when I finished playing in two thousand, I got completely away from cricket, so I didn't have anything to do with the game for eight years. Um, I had a, a liquor shop and I worked on a rock music station um, doing the sports news for seven and a half years um, and absolutely loved it. So it was music, it was um, alcohol um, sales and that was what I did. And then I, I got my first gig uh, in New Zealand in radio and then moved from there to Sky TV. And, and so it's been a, an amazing journey. I continue to tell people I, I have a lifestyle that pays. I don't really have a job. That's, that's one thing. I get to travel the world and talk um, about something I once did you know, kind of okay, uh, a long time ago. So philosophy is, I mean, one of my big things, I will never say anything on television that I wouldn't say to a player's face. So I have no problem saying that I don't agree with things or I don't like the way he's doing that or I don't like this about that player, but I would never say anything on TV that I wouldn't say to their face. If they wanted to have a chat to me about it, more than happy to have a chat to me about it. And, you know, we don't have to agree. And the other, it's just an opinion. You know, we've all we've all got them. We're all allowed to have them. We're not ever having to go at anyone personally. It is just about the ability to play cricket. Um, enjoy it. Always enjoy it. And don't, I mean, from the, one, of the, one of the great things Richie Benno said was, you know, if you haven't got anything good to say or you haven't got anything to say, just leave the microphone down. Don't worry about it. You don't have to call, particularly test match cricket. And so one thing that's probably slightly different uh, in India is almost getting told all the time, Pick the mic up, say something. Uh, whereas, you know, some places around the world, and I find England quite nice with that, where you can leave the microphone sitting there for five, six, seven balls and not say anything. And it's it's actually okay. Dude, just a second before you all come here. Just, uh, you know, this has got nothing to do with cream. Is it hard to sell alcohol in New Zealand? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're a thirsty bunch, DK. <laughs> I assume that selling alcohol in most parts of the world is probably the easiest job going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for you, DK, is it um, tricky because you're still playing? So you have to be mindful of... Because I mean, I remember, you know, commentating and people coming up to me who I used to play with or played with recently saying to me, why did you say that about me? I thought you were my mate, you know, and it was only a kind of observation. But mm. is that something that, that you have to be conscious of? I think most players are conscious of it, but I'm not because for two reasons. A, uh, you know, I like to be honest and forthright about my views. Uh, you know, they pay me money to do it. Uh, you know, the whole world is watching. They want an opinion from me. I think if they if they wanted me to just sit on the fence, they wouldn't have called me. I think uh, they want an opinion from me. Good or bad is okay, just like uh, Dooley said. I think it's an opinion at the end of the day. If the player gets swayed by it, then I think uh, I've played the sport long enough to know you shouldn't be taking those things seriously. And if they do, uh, you know, I genuinely believe I have a... I have a very, very healthy relationship with most of the players. You could easily pick up the phone and, you know, say, you know, why did you say that? So, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that. Uh, if I wasn't ready for that, I shouldn't have done this job. So, I made peace with that. I, I'm not going to make more friends, but, you know, the odd enemy here and there, I guess I got to live with it. And the worst and, and thing about you... it, and, sorry, sorry Yoza, the, the worst thing is that nine times out of ten, they get half the story. So, what, what happens most on most occasions, I find, is that the player has had a message from a family member or a friend who's listened to a very small part of commentary and picked up one or two things and has not blown out a proportion, but hasn't listened to the whole thing in context. And that's the first thing I'll say to any player is go back, listen to the whole thing in context. And if you still disagree, or if you still want to have a chat about it, then let's have a chat. 
Um, but that's the one thing I find. Normally it's a mum or a dad or a brother or a sister or a wife, girlfriend, who's saying, oh, you should have heard what Dooley said about you today. And so that's, that's one of the big things. Look, you can say what you like, but just go away and have a listen to the whole thing. And if you still disagree or want to have a chat, then that's all good. So are you are you nervous, Dinesh? Uh, you know, coming in. I mean, it's a big match uh, tomorrow. I mean, you're you're so accomplished on the on the field. You know, you're playing in the IPL fairly recently. Uh, you you, know, you you played for India, uh, and, you know, which brings its own pressure. What what about being in the commentary box on, on for the World Test Championship final, the biggest match in Test history, according to Ravi? I think I heard Ravi say possibly the biggest match in the history of Test cricket. Yeah, there's a restaurant in Chicago. It's called Alinea. Apparently, there's no light in it. You just need to go and you just savor the food needed. It's a bit like a blind man eating food just on the taste. I'm a bit blind right now. I don't know what it is to do commentary. I don't know what it is to sit there with Dooley. I don't know what it is. How is it backstage? I know nothing. I'm just completely blind right now when it comes to this profession. I'm just walking into it. Probably the biggest test match that's ever played. Arguably the biggest test match that's ever played. But one thing. I can promise to give you an insight into each and every player from both teams because I'm mm. playing with them literally up to the day they played this test match. So, on most cases, I think I would be able to give a pretty close insight into what they would be thinking at that point of time. Be it batting, bowling, keeping, feeling, that's whatever. Exactly, exactly what you're. That's what you're there for. Yep. And and that's that's absolutely brilliant. Also, you've been captain as well, uh, captaining the KKR and so on. So you know that's a, a really valuable input mm. as well. What captains are going to be thinking, how they deal with different individual players and I'll, I'll just say one thing I mean I was still playing when I started commentary and I thought I'd get a sort of a nice easy day we're on the BBC and sort of watch how the masters of the commentary did it and I'd get a chance sort of mid-afternoon and when I turned up they said to me you're you're, you're in vision at, at the top of the show with Richie Bennett and that was it I mean I literally had nothing no chance to sort of get used to it or anything I think it's best just to go in at the deep end have a go and I'm sure you'll be fine. And you Dooley, you're listening to him, but don't listen too carefully. It's okay. I can be eased into it as well. That's an option as well. well have you um, have you got some nice shirts with you, by the way? Because your um your shirts were very impressive during the India series. <laughs> you know, I do think it just happened by absolute mistake that it happened because I think I set the bar so high in the place, everything is downhill from here. <laughs> I don't have any great shirts. I know I'm just here to speak about the sport. I know a little bit about the sport. Interestingly, I play the sport as of now. Shirts are not my strength. Yes, maybe I have a good choice. Maybe I just got lucky. Whatever it is, please don't expect nice shirts from me. Rather, well, at least you could at least you could give me the name of your tailor anyway. Oh, we've been told do. what we have to wear, Yozza. We've, we've been I given know, a, I know. We've been given an option. I know you've got a uniform, so. haven't you? Yeah, well, the it's, first, like a, it's, all, it's all a bit bland, isn't it, DK? Grey and white. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you have to see this. Uh, are you guys... Uh, uh, okay, well, you know, I have to show you this photo they sent me. So there are three of us living in this hotel right now. So it's Israel Gavaskar to my right, Ian Bishop to my left. That's how the placement <laughs> is, all right? So they sent me the suit a couple of days ago, okay? And this is how I looked. Uh, this is the screen. This is how I look. They sent me Bishop, <laughs> and this is what I'll be wearing. So... Yeah, so hold, hold, it, up hold, hold it up again. Hold it up again. Hold it up again. One second, one second. Um, you know, oh, talk at the same was, time. If my wife oh, had my seen God. this uh, when she was when she just about married me, she would have been very, very unhappy with that person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, did you, you know, send them the, the wrong measurements? 
Yeah, I think they, they sent me a mix of Bishis and Gavaskas clothes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's short from one side, it's long from the other. It's, it's, it's an absolute mess, to say the least. I can't, I can't wait to see you in vision at the, at the toss mm. then. That would be brilliant. I tell you what, they'll throw me out of the ground for being a beggar if I wear that. <laughs> What, um, just to, to be serious for a moment, because I know you, you haven't got long, DK. Um, we talked a bit about, before you joined, about New Zealand and their preparation and their, their very impressive squad. And I, I actually said, I think that they're, for me, they're favourites because they've been here and they've been playing uh, very good cricket and they, they all know their games and all that. What about India? How do you feel? I know you haven't been here long, but do you feel their preparation has been adequate and have you spoken to any of them about that look i think um, you know anywhere else in the world uh, i would have given india an upper hand but right now i'd give india versus new zealand if the odds 51 49 to new zealand and only because they played those two test matches albeit it not being a very strong english side they've got a little insight into what it feels like to be playing in england at the moment but hey come on now Every year for the last five years, India has been coming up. It's not going to be any different. You know, with the 2019, they came for the World Cup. 2018, we played England in a full series. 2017, the Champions Trophy. 2016, something else. They come to England at every June and July for the summer so that the whole, you know, the cricketing world is healthy by us doing that. And, you know, you always have a lot of people watching uh, sport and uh, watching cricket in England. So, I do, getting acclimatized is one thing. And also, you have to understand, this is not a young side like the one that India is sending to Sri Lanka. We have got guys who have played least bare minimum 30 35 tests everybody in that playing 11 that's going to walk out on the other day is going to play 30 35 test matches so they have experience you know if if just by playing two matches before i mean against england is going to make all the difference i don't believe so it's a big game it's going to be rain curtailed quite a bit but every time these guys walk out it'll be a you know fresh scenario the wicket will play a little differently depending on the weather we all know how england is if the sun sun comes out it's beautiful to bat if the clouds cover, Dooley will have a good time bowling there. That's how it always <laughs> works itself. So, if I was an English, Indian cricketer, you know, do I feel underprepared? No. I mean, I, I would just say, we've been coming here every time. You've had a few net sessions. They've had an intra-squad match. There has been preparation. If you compare it to New Zealand, maybe a touch less. But hey, come on. It's a World Test Championship final. It's not an excuse you can hide under. Is, is it actually now the case? I mean, this is something else we were talking about just before. Is it something else that now that players, modern players, and you know, you're one, don't actually need match practice anymore. You know, they just need their their bits of preparation and it might be middle practice, it might be nets. You know, is it is the game changing so that actually the modern player doesn't need warm-up games? I think the modern player is a very broad term. Um, you know, I was just joking the other day with one of the cricketers in the Indian team saying that, just watch out in the night. I feel that Cheteshwar Pujara is slightly under the cover, sleeping in the ground, and the other side is Arash. <laughs> These are two cricket nerds, and they'd probably, from, from their balconies, they can look into the ground. I wouldn't be surprised they jump in and just go and sleep under the covers. That's how much they love the sport. And these two guys, one bats a lot, the other one bowls a lot. And on the other side, there's a person like Virat Kohli. He barely bats, you know. He's somebody who's a touch-and-feel player, so he goes into a net session, bats 15-20 minutes, he feels good, he walks out. He doesn't feel good, he'll bat till he feels good. So, you know, when they come into a country, like, you know, they've come in 10 days ago, at the start of the 10 days, they must have batted one hour, one and a half hours and all of that. But as the game is coming closer, I think they'll reduce the time they bat. So, you know, it'll be far more into getting into the zone. At the end of the day, when you've played 100, 120 test matches or whatever these guys have played over a period of time, it's not that extra batting. It's like studying for an exam just the day before. 
or all the preparation is done much before that. You just revise what you've studied when you get closer to the exam. It's very similar to playing the sport. You just make sure you're very thorough with what you want. And the most important thing is the mental space you are in. It's not, it's not how you play in the nets. It doesn't matter at all. That's going to help you get into a mental space going into the game. But once you step in, it's about how you handle the pressure and how you handle all the questions that's thrown by the New Zealand bowlers. Ravi Shastri, the India coach, was, was quoted the other day as saying, you know, this is possibly one of the biggest matches, biggest test matches in history. I mean, do, do you sense, I, I, was, I don't know how you necessarily gauge that, you know, coming from India, but do, do you sense the excitement there and the focus there on this match? I mean, do, do, do you think people feel that? And the same question to Simon, actually, as well. Do, do you think people sense that in New Zealand as well? Julie, why don't you start? Yeah, yeah look, I, I, think, I think they do. Um, so many messages coming through about how New Zealand played against England. So many people that I know. Um, there's a, a Seddon Cricket Club, which is part of Northern Districts Cricket. They're sort of just the old old folks, a bit like myself, who've got a, a great cricket club going. They are, they've rented a bar on um, Friday night and they are going to be there the whole night watching the game. And, um, you know, there's, there's so much excitement in and around this. And it's sort of that, that David and Goliath type situation, is it, where... New Zealand have, um, you know, New Zealand of five million people taking on India of one and a bit billion people. The global superpower of cricket against the, I think, so many people's second team. I think most Indians even like New Zealand as their second team. But we are a very, very good side now. Um, you know, as I, I said it earlier, DK, I think this New Zealand side is as good a team and squad as we have ever been able to put together in the history of New Zealand cricket. So... Is it our time? Who knows? We've still got to play the best cricket on the field at the time. But there are so many people in New Zealand that are going to be up and up all night. And, uh, you know, whether it be tea or whatever, coffee or whatever it might be to keep them going, they will be watching. From my side, uh, from my side, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, if I have to ask me personally, I don't believe this is the biggest game, biggest test match that's ever played. You ask any Englishman, including both of you, all come December, there'll be an Ashes series starting at your field. That is the biggest one that's ever going to happen. So, you know, this biggest series, there's a lot of hype. There's obviously, you know, television's in play, there's social media world. So, you know, there's generally a bit of hype in India as well. There's a lot of speakers. What this test match championship has done to India is, to a large extent, to a, let's say to a small extent, it was dying a little bit, test cricket, because, you know, with the IPL and, you know, the white ball cricket, people fancy it, their attention spans are so small that they don't have time for test cricket. But now that ICC has brought a certain sense of perspective into this, I think people have started watching it, especially, you know, post-Australian series. Before that, we really didn't have a chance. But once we won that Australian series, we're like, wow, hey, there's something around the corner here if you beat England. And then, you know, all the hype and hoopla started happening, you know, and then we lost the first test against England then that made our chances slightly dodgy. But then, you know, India being India, they just found ways. They came back and, sorry to say this, but they thumped England at the back of that, you know, that loss there. And they found their way right royally into this uh, World Test Championship final. And now, if at all, there is a mega event and, uh, you know, uh, something of this stature, as much as you don't like it, a lot of times it's good to have India there because, you know, obviously the fan following and, you know, everybody's yeah. watching and, you know, it's, it's big. It's, it's in mega, it's grand, however you want to put it. So it's good to have an India there. And it's the first time this tournament happened. If you remember the World T20 that happened, even though, uh, you know, all the countries play in the World Cup. But when India came to the final and Pakistan came in, it was just a, a blockbuster of different sorts. And the game just took off. And I genuinely hope that, you know, this kind of uh, revives. It's like this is like a bit of CPR given to a dying person. Uh, this is what test cricket needs. Uh, in England, there's a lot of uh, attention because of the ashes, but, you know, in a lot of other parts of the world, it was just losing its perspective and, you know, people yeah, weren't no. as much as before. So, it's Absolutely. just... Yeah. 
it's just ingested some life into them. So it's good to see still a long, long, long way to go with a lot of the other nations. But for now, I think um, this test match, it's fair for everyone to say that the two best teams that have played proper cricket in the last two years, if not five years, are playing this tournament. I mean, just playing this game. I just wish it was a slightly longer match in the sense that a best of three or something like that. Not for anything else, but just the fact that the weather can play a part uh, in the game. But, you know, that's the beauty of the sport. I just hope there's a proper winner there and uh, we get a great game. I really don't mind a hard-fought draw. I think it'll be very symbolic of what Test cricket is all about. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, interesting. I, I think it does match up as one of the, the biggest Test matches of all time. I mean, you know, England-Australia is, is a sort of little family feud, really, in, in terms of the rest of the world. You know, we all love it, but, you know, nobody else really cares about it particularly. I know the Kiwis, actually, I used to love watching Australia getting thumped by West Indies in New Zealand because, of course, the, the, the Kiwis, I hate the Aussies. But I think I think the way it's been, although the points system and everything has been a little bit confusing, the fact that we have actually got, as you say, Dinesh, the two best teams probably from the last couple of years playing off in a one-off final, it will, will just give Test cricket that bit more lift, which it's needed around the world, and, and draw some attention to it because it is a wonderful format of the game, and we need every country to and every star player to to really value it, and and so hopefully this will be this will be a good showpiece. It's also worth saying as well that it is in the calendar until 2031. So yeah. we, we will be having some more test championships. It is mm. the first of a few. Uh, it's not just a one-off. Well, it was a sort of experiment, but it, it's actually going to, it's going to continue. Just a brief interruption in the conversation to tell you about LV Insurance's latest initiative, Girls cricket was hit particularly hard by the pandemic with access really limited. So a major focus for funds for runs is on the women and girls game. The recipient of LV General Insurance and the ECB's £1 million funds for runs community initiative we're profiling today is aiming to help combat that. Interesting cricket continues to go from strength to strength among young girls in this country and Humbleton Cricket Club in Yorkshire are using their funding to deliver all-stars and dynamos sessions with other local clubs including South Holderness and Patrington. More than 100 children have attended these sessions in the past and there'll be a major focus on attracting enough girls from local schools to create a full women's hub with the hope of building up enough numbers to separate into three women and girls clubs in the coming years. That's a really brilliant initiative from LV Insurance and hope it gets a lot of support. Is it time, yours? do you think, for some members' members questions? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know whether Noughts can uh, bring one or two in. Who have we got uh, first up tonight? Mushka, all the way from Bangalore. Mushka, who's in Bangalore. Um, are you are you going to be staying up all night to watch uh, Pushka? Or uh, not not all night? Actually, no. You're sorry. I was thinking New Zealand. So Dooley was saying new people staying up all night, but the, the hours probably fall quite nicely for India, don't they? Go in sort of late late evening. Yeah, but we'll sleep at around three a.m. in the morning, something around three a.m. That's all right for you. You stay up for our club till three a.m. in the morning, don't you? Yeah. Hi, Simon. Hi, DK. Hey, yeah, First so of all, my... lovely hairstyle. I really like. Yeah, grow fantastic. So Never come. I think <laughs> for those of us who can't grow it anymore, mate, that's 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 really good. <laughs> yeah. What's what's your question, Pushka? Yeah. So my question is for DK. So it's uh, related to mostly the India England series. So now with the so many reserve uh, fast bowlers, 
do you think that india should go with a four fast bowler or should it be a jadeja ashwin and a three seamers and what do you take on the india england series do india has a chance to win this series so um you asking this question for the india england series the 11 and all of that yeah india england series okay fabulous uh you know a uh, every time we come to england one thing is said this is the best chance for india to beat them but i think we're really living it this time just after the way they you know they haven't played some good test cricket in the last uh, say couple of months or couple of series that they've played so they'll be under a lot of pressure and they'll be heading to the ashes as well so they'll have one eye there they'll obviously be under a little bit of pressure so this gives us a great opportunity for us to do well against them this is in a team perspective in terms of the bowling attack see i think this is the most well rounded bowling attack we've had in a long long time we have a jadeja we have an ashwin we have the other fast bowlers who are solid i mean you see the only comp- actually for the for the game that's going to happen in a couple of days the only doubt i have is whether siraj will play or ishant will play i don't have a doubt with the rest of the guys who are going to play and that's a great uh, sign of indian cricket because the quality of fast bowlers produced is just phenomenal i think you know all of them can be a match winner on a given day it's very healthy signs for indian cricket and when it comes to the india england series it's very early for me to predict the playing 11 so many things happen we have another 6 weeks post the test championship final for the test match to start the first thing is hopefully everybody is fit and i do think there will be plenty of changes through that series when it comes to bowling attacks because we are playing a five match series we are not used to playing five match series as a, as the team it's a very rare one i don't remember the last time we played a five match series so this is very good that this is happening right now the maximum we have gone to is four so the boys are used to that but as a fast bowler to to keep running in for five test matches on the go is not easy so you know it's going to be I a think, hard point I think he also wanted to know um whether you would play the three seamers and two spinners in this yeah. in this test match final as well. Yeah, 100%. You know, you're 100%. See Southampton is a wicket that aids a bit of medium pace at the start, but if the game goes on to the fourth and fifth day it generally turns. One of those venues in England which definitely aids spin. So if I was if I if I'm the captain I would definitely play Jadeja and Ashwin and also the best part about them is both of them can give you something with the bat they are no mugs with the bat so you know just the fact that they can add that dimension to our indian team is something that is fabulous so i will have both of them we have three gun medium pacers so give us so giving five bowlers an opportunity to pick up 10 new zealand wickets i think will give us the best chance of winning this test match right right great answer yeah thanks very much for, um for the question pushka yeah who's next jacob go for it jacob Hello there um Simons well uh, trio Simons and uh, and DK um great to be here and and listen to you so uh, the question I I've, I've got a question for both actually um uh, DK and and Simon so DK I just wanted a little bit of insight um about the 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 Indian leadership really um because obviously you got Virat um and Ravi Shastri very very much extroverts um you know and very kind of uh, and they they show very full of expressions and uh, and what not and then you have rohane um you know a little bit more introverted um you know and obviously he led the team just equally as well it, it seemed like the whole team had great amounts of respect for him just as much as um, as vk so i just wanted to know a little bit of insight into you know how um you know how that's played out um in a test match and you know how that um complements each other if i'm guessing it does um and then my question to simon and um, would be um you know new zealand has been a great test team for a number of years and i still find it uh, disrespectful that new zealand played too many test two test series and new zealand is is at least a free four test uh, 
series team, you know. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a, if it's a media thing there. Um, you know, maybe it's it doesn't sell uh, it doesn't sell to the TV that well. I do not know, but it would just be interesting to get a bit of a bit bit of insight about that as well. So, um, so yeah, bit bit long winded. <laughs> it's all right, mate. It's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take the first one, and then DK can have a think about uh, think about the difference between um, Ajinka and and Virat. Um, look, part of it is commercial. I, I will say the New Zealand side of things, and very few people. We're, we're getting better at attending test matches, but they just don't make New Zealand cricket any money. The New Zealand cricket tend to lose money uh, playing test matches unless it is probably India, Australia, England, um, and the England series, the last one with a the Barmy Army or the fans couldn't travel or, um, you know, aren't able to travel if, if that happens, means it's, it's a loss. So those are, um, those are the sort of broad answers around New Zealand cricket's reasons for playing a lot of two-test series and a lot of 2020 and one-day international cricket. I'm not entirely in agreement with it, but unfortunately for New Zealand cricket to prosper and to make money, they kind of have to do that. Um, we have played the odd three-test series against the likes of Australia, uh, and, you know, and, and England, we probably should be playing more against uh, India. But at, at this stage, the two test series are more um, relevant, I think, from a New Zealand cricket point of view. If they can squeeze two tests and then some 2020s and ODIs and they make more money out of it. Yes, Virat Kohli and Ajinkya Rani. They're like fire and ice, you know. One guy is right in your face, just saying the most beautiful expletives going around. And the other guy is as cool <laughs> as a cucumber. You know, and that's what helps the Indian team as well. You know, they have a shoulder to lean on when they're a little bit of trouble. They go to Rahane and delight. And when, you know, when they really want somebody to fire them up, there's no better captain than Virat Kohli. He's going to give a kick up your backside and make sure you're going to deliver every time you're on the field. So it's good to have those two guys. And among them, they have a lot of respect for each other. I think Virat Kohli really likes Rahane as a vice captain because, you know, he's got a very cool, calm customer in him and somebody who under pressure stands up almost every time. So it's great to have a it's great to have a, a vice captain Rahani and the way he goes about things very quiet about it and uh, you know uh, a typical shy guy who doesn't have much to say but whenever he says something to, whenever he wants to say something to Virat he's got a lot of access and uh, he's got a lot of respect from Virat's side and that's one of the ways that you know we've done well in Test cricket uh, Virat always uh, has a lot of trust in him and knows that you know when the when when the moment comes uh, Ajinkya will come and say something that uh, that'll be of immense value to the team. Sounds, sounds like mum and dad almost, doesn't it? The, the dad is the sort of, the virat, the kind of slightly aggressive one. And then the mum is the softer, caring one who comes in when uh, some soothing needs to be done. Or, of course, you might have the father being the soft one and the, the mum being the hard one. That's certainly the case in my family. In my family too, Simon, if it helps. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's, to me, that's the difference, though. And, 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 you know, they talk about it a lot. And you mentioned the All Blacks earlier, um, Yoza. They talk about leaders and captains. Virat Kohli is a leader. He is first one out of the trenches. He is up for the fight. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, that's him. That's what he does. He says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with all the vim and vigor that I can. And you want to follow me, come, come with me and we'll get in the fight. And then you've got a Rahane who is a captain, a bit like Kane Williamson, who's quiet, does his talking when he needs to. Um, and, and just sort of, they both have enormous respect. But you, I look at that and I think, you know, one guy is an absolute leader. The other guy is a captain. And that's kind of, that, that complements each other pretty well, I think. Who's the, um, who's the Coley character in the New Zealand side? Oh, we're not, we're, we just don't have them anymore. Um, you, know, mm. that we, I, you know, there's a, a huge sort of 
respect around the world for how New Zealand played their cricket. And I just look at it and I think, well, we're not saying guys don't get angry um, because there are guys on that side that, that can get angry and can get fired up. Tim Southey probably won. Kyle Jamieson, he's got every, mm. every you know, ability to get fired up. Neil Wagner uh, on the mm. field, off the field, just the nicest bloke in the world. But, um, you know, they'll all, I mean, they're, they're competitive and, and they'll be in your face when they need to be. But it just doesn't, um, we, we just don't have that character at the moment, I don't think, that is that is always a bit like that. Great. Annie's here. Good evening, Annie. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, Simon. Hey, uh, Annie, how are you? Well, uh, good. Um, two apologies. One that I'm trying to do two in meetings at the same time so um i'm not really with the so if i ask a question that's already been asked or discussed i apologize and the other is that i'm sorry i'm not called simon obviously it's the thing to be called so um um simon i've got a question for you do you think that the rise in form in test cricket in New Zealand has anything to do with their obvious commitment and interest in the first class game as seen by the number of New Zealanders that are part of the English county scene and my other little bit is can we keep Devon Conway at Somerset please? <laughs> uh, I'll answer the second question first no um, <laughs> and the, the first question second uh, New Zealand made a conscious effort to um, to change things around around about 2008 2009 make our first class surfaces flatter and better for batting which then develops good batsmen good techniques mm. but it also means that bowlers have to bowl fast or swing the ball and spinners have to turn it and, and that has led to um, double hundreds, hundreds, triple hundreds in first-class cricket, and it's led to guys wanting to either bowl fast or swing the ball or turn the ball. So it has improved the uh, first-class cricket structure enormously, and that then has led on sort of down the track, eight, nine, ten years, eleven years down the track, to quality players playing Test match cricket. We would never dream of having guys averaging forties, all of our top six averaging forty or close to it. Uh, in a test match prior to. So, yeah, the first-class scene has made an enormous difference to the way we are playing test match cricket. And, yeah, we're getting benefits, aren't we? That You know, we just talked about Matt Henry's great time at Kent. We've had so many guys over here. Williamson's been at Yorkshire. Um, mm. you know, so many guys have been in and around the county scene in the last four or five years. So, yeah, Wag it's, it's made Wagner, a big difference. Wagner's been at Essex, hasn't he? For yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most of your team really are playing yeah, county. At some stage. There's only a few yeah. that aren't. Oh, Trent Bolt. Trent, has Trent Bolt played for anybody? I don't think he has, has he? I don't think so. Yes. Oh, I've got, oh, God, I haven't got my notes, but he has. <laughs> has he? Okay. Okay. Mm, interesting. Oh, well, that's, oh, a, that's a good well, sign. Inventing that. Great. Thanks. You better, you better go back to your other meeting, Annie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, is, is Dinesh able to stay with us, or does he have to go? I don't want to. Um, I, I don't want to keep him going if he's if he if he's. Couple um, of minutes. A couple of minutes more. Come on, we can answer uh, a couple of questions. No hurry. It's not like. Cool, great. Thanks. Great. Excellent. Rob. Good evening, evening to you. gents. Hello, Rob. Hey, Dan. Um, a Hello. question for you both. Um, who would be in your ultimate combined eleven from <sighs> the from the squads that are there now? <laughs> How are you going, DK? How are you going with that? Go on. How long have we got? <laughs> for my team, uh, let me go with my team. So I'd go for 
<clears throat> I'd go for Devin Conway the way he's batting, and I'd definitely put Rohit Sharma there. It's probably one of my favorites. I'd bat Kane Williamson at three. He's outstanding. I'd love to find a place for Kujara, but I think I'll go with Virat Kohli at four. <laughs> at push. Um, at five, I'd put Kujara because I want to find him a place there. Six will be BJ Watling for me. I think he's gone. I have a lot of time for him because I think those are the kind of guys hmm. I would love to see take up the sport, especially the this hmm. format, Test cricket. You know, they're hardworking. They put in a lot of effort. It'd be very easy for me to tilt towards Rishabh Pant, but just for the effort that he's put in for so long, I'd go with the BJ Watling. Uh, without a doubt, I'd go for Ravindra Jadeja. Yeah, I'm a big fan <laughs> of his. You know, he's, he's gone. He's, he's all round. He'll give you something with some, everything. Um, I'd go with uh, R. Ashwin again. I think he's the best spinner going around both the teams put together. So, I think I'll go with R. Ashwin. Trent Bowl, Jasprit Bumrah. And the last, just for the effort that he puts in and the smile after that, I'll go for Neil Wagner. Nice choice. Very good. Nice. Nice. Thanks, good start. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. I'm going to start at the... I'm going to start at the bottom because the bowlers are the most important things, uh, Rob. And I only want one left armour in my side. So I'm going to go with um, Trent Bolt at number 11. He loves to bat at number 11. Jaspreet Bumrah at 10 and Tim Southey at 9. Uh, the, two Indian, the two Indian spinners who I think are just absolute guns and they both bat brilliantly. So Ashwin 8, Jadeja um, at 7. BJ Watling, I totally agree with DK. And I mean, he's far more qualified than me to speak about it. But the service, the longevity, what he has done, averaging 37 total and over 40 since he's had the gloves on with the bat, has saved New Zealand time and time again. And he's a really tidy uh, keeper as well. He's a really tidy really, keeper. Yeah, really tidy keeper. Um, DK went Pujara, but I'm I'm, I'm just going to have to go the New Zealand way and go Taylor, Coley, Williamson, Tom Latham. Oh. Okay. Tom Latham and Rohit Sharma. No pant. I can't believe no, neither no. of you picked pant. I, 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 I surely pant as a batter. I feel Look the same. The rage on the Simons. Yeah, we we love pant. I mean, I mean, I don't know what he's like as a person. I don't know what he's like in the dressing room. No, but, no, but we absolutely I just, love you know, him. Now that uh, uh, you know, you're the I think we can definitely put in pant as a batter. He's probably one of yeah. the best batters going around. I just I missed that. I just looked at two keepers and just said one out of that. But I really yeah. think he does. He qualifies as a batter. You can get him in as a commentator, if you like. Because <laughs> that's all he does. He's, he likes chatting all day. So have him yeah. in as a 12th man commentator in the dressing room, maybe. That would be a great, great addition. Right. Anyway, fantastic answers. Though. Yeah, great. What tremendous, tremendous teams, both of them. Yeah. Um, Dinesh, you can stay for one more question. Here's Will. Good evening sure. to you, Will. Simon, hello. And Dinesh, hello. Um, hello my two questions to you. Um, my first question is for you. Well, it's for both of you, actually. Um, what was the best piece of advice you were given as a young uh, cricketer kind of growing up? And do you, do you still use it now? And um, Simon, a question for you. Um, do you think that the current New Zealand side could be as strong as, say, the Australian side back in like the early 2000s when it had Ponting, Lara, Hayden, you know, all that people, McGrath, you know. So I don't, I don't know how you want to answer, answer, the, answer those questions. Um, DK, we'll, we'll let you go after you give your piece <clears throat> of advice. Eh? Yes. What was the greatest piece of advice you had? Uh, I think it was told to me. I don't know who told it to me, but it's always remained with me. It's, um, 
I've always been, you know, from the time I've started, I've always had uh, some massive rocks thrown in there in the name of MS Dhoni. He just came and just bamboozled world cricket. Uh, before, you know, just after MS Dhoni left, it was Rishabh Pant who's come in and, you know, taken the world cricket by absolute storm. So my, my point being, I was a wicketkeeper as well, so it was a profession that coincided with these two people. So, you know, I was always going to be, I had to find different ways to play, play international cricket. Amidst all that, I ended up playing a few games and I was lucky. You know, I guess I, I have uh, the blessings of a lot of people and got lucky. But most importantly, the one thing that I got as a piece of advice was learn to face your struggles with a smile. And, mm. and, and, and I genuinely believe this because it is very important for a player like me, for a fringe player like me, even though it's great life advice, to be honest. I mean, it just sounds very, you know, very philosophical. It is true because, you know, you play for the country, especially if you play for India, you just, you know, you're nothing less than a demigod there. You know, everybody's looking at you, giving you the best food, taking you in the best of cars and, you're just living a very luxurious five-star, maybe a seven-star life, you know, with thousands of people turning up at the ground and millions of people giving you attention throughout. And then you, you know, you just go back and as a big player like me, going back to domestic cricket is a norm. It's a normal thing. You go back, there are probably two dogs and one scorer there. There's nobody else <laughs> in the ground watching you bat, watching you keep, there's nobody. So when you go there, the motivation can be a massive issue. You know, you just feel like, you know, what am I doing here with my life? There's nothing, you know, at one Two days ago, I was with millions of people and then I come back here and there's zero, literally not, nothing. That can really piss you off and, you know, really remove the juice, juice out of the vegetable, as they say. Mm. But, you know, it just makes it really hard to play the sport then. But the moment you realize you need to face those struggles with a smile, you know, you look at it very differently and you realize that, you know, at the end of the day, there are far more people doing what I would do in domestic cricket than the ones playing international cricket for the country. Mm. So it's, it's a privilege to play the sport in India. I think... Mm. Uh, because I was able to play with that attitude, it, two things happened. A, I was able to find venues to play for the country. Sometimes I played as an opener, sometimes I played as a middle order, sometimes I played as a finisher. I was just a jack-in-the-box. I just kept coming back with various things. Most importantly, if I'm sitting here today, you know, speaking to you all, it's because, you know, I was able to make a living out of my sport, you know. Uh, I think mm -hmm. the, the game as a whole has been very kind to me. It's given me a lot more than I've given the game in the sense that I've been blessed financially, you know, a lot of people know me. I've been, you know, famous come to me in small numbers. I'm very happy with life. Uh, it, it isn't one of those journeys where I got frustrated because Dhoni got thrown in and then I, I had no place to be. I just found ways to keep bouncing back. I was a bit like a, you know, a bit like those ping pong balls that get thrown at the wall. I just kept coming back. You know, just found ways to play the sport and I just enjoyed the whole process of playing it. But the most important thing, through adversity, you need to find a way to smile. And that's the advice I got and I think I lived with that. Right. Give us a smile then. Go on. No, no, I'm waiting. Let Dooley finish the answer. I'm not that. It's okay. I'll wait. I'll Come on, Dooley. Dooley. You're not going to smile. Come on. <laughs> there, <it is. laughs> there we go. <laughs> that, that was that was a fantastically inspirational yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah Brilliant. Was, yeah. Very good. Uh, I so, think you can, I mean, much similar to, to DK, you, you never forget where you come from and, and you know, never forget how hard it is as well. It's it's difficult. And, and that's something also I take into my commentary. Just remember how many great days you had out on the field. And there's not that many. I mean, you know, DK's had a few more than I did. But, I mean, you can kind of count them. You can count them there, the great days. So, yeah. it's hard. You know, it is hard work. And if you put that, that hard work final, in... Simon, where would, you, where, <laughs> where would you put that on your on, on your bucket list? Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, it was, you know, it was one of the craziest days. It was one of the <laughs> yeah. craziest, yeah, craziest days. Um, I was sidelined for the whole of that last bit. I went down with four overs to go to do the interviews hmm. and then, you know, then I, I'm listening to, to NASA, to Bish, Ian Bishop and to Ian Smith for an yeah. hour and 15 minutes, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm crouched down on the sideline watching this whole thing unfold. And it was just the most 
surreal sort of unbelievable day so and and those are the things that for me you, you get to be a part of and i get to be a part of that much like um what dk was saying because you know I, I once played the game i mean he's been so privileged to play for a long period of time i retired at 30 um fractures and prolapse discs and a full knee reconstruction and, and i've now got a false knee and all those things but i'll never take any of it back i, I would never change a thing what i did then and the hard work that I put in then has given me the life I have now. And I'm able to travel the world, talk a little bit of crap about something I did a long, long time ago. And, you know, and never forget how hard it was when you're mm. talking about players, when you're talking about guys that are doing it on the field, never, ever forget that it was difficult. And, and also where you've come from, you know, those people that help you on the way up, they're always going to be there. And, and as long as you remember that, I think you'll, uh, you'll be fine. All right. Cool. Excellent. Um, listen, guys, I think you've done proud service to our club tonight. Um, I think we should uh, we, we should draw the curtain there, really, because uh, you've answered all the questions and given lots of food for thought. I will say, and, quick, um, not, sir, there, is one, there is one other question, but I didn't know if Dennis was going to stay or go. There's one other. Go on, then. Shall I bring it right, on? Go on, go on. Hey, well, if there's going to end, yeah, I might as well finish it. Don't worry. OK, thank you. See you, Dennis. See you, Simon. Thank you. Cheers, Will. Cheers, Will. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Good evening, Simons. Good evening. Hi, um, Is it possible to be strong simultaneously right now in both white and red ball cricket? Um, and if you were Chris Silverwood, what um, approach would be you suggesting to enable England to improve their test record in the age of COVID? Is this for me or Julie? <laughs> uh, well, both. You can both have a go. Um, go for it. Yeah, look, I, I think it is possible. I think it's it's very possible to be strong in, in both white ball and red ball cricket. You need great resources. And I think England have enormously good resources. I, I worry about the county game. I worry about playing on little green seamers time and time again where 70 kilometer, 75 kilometer bowlers are cleaning up. And no disrespect to some that I have seen get three, four, five, six wickets in the last three or four weeks because that's what they're playing on. And that's all you can ever do. Is, is, you know, do your job on the surfaces that are provided. But it's not conducive to producing top quality cricketers at the next level, I don't think. And that's why you're seeing guys shimmy across to off stump time and time again to try and protect that little nip backer that they get on these filthy green seamers at the start of the season. So technically, I think players are failing. And I think that's a huge issue from an England point of view. The bowling stocks are good. They're still very good bowlers in and around the county game. I was impressed, you know, with the on-field stuff from Ollie Robinson. Mark Wood's still there. Brodie and, and, and Jimmy are still going strong. I think Jimmy's got probably one more Ashes left in him or he'd love to. You get Archer back. Chris Wokes, I think, is a terrifically talented cricketer. Sam Curran. There's a lot of bowling options in and around um, Ollie Stone, who just played in and around England. It's the batting that's the issue. And, you know, they talk about bringing Stokes and Butler back. Well, Stokes averages 37, Butler averages 34. It improves your side, but it's not in the 40s where it should be. You can be strong in both formats of the game. You have to make sure that I think the structures are in place that make sure you're playing some good county cricket in the middle of the year, not all at the start of the year. There needs to be county cricket being played in these times when it's just, when it's beautiful and it's flat and it's hard and players can get 200s and 300s. And I think if England can see their way around playing some county cricket in July, June, July, August, rather than playing a lot of it at the start of the year uh, and, and a token one or two at the back end of the year, I think they'll be better off. 
Right. From my side, to be very honest with you, it's a very, very, very detailed answer where, you know, um, a lot of things uh, happen right now. When you take English cricket, I think when they hit 2015 uh, World Cup, I think they got, uh, when they were chucked out of it, I think uh, Andrew Strauss was made the cap, uh, was made the CEO of uh, ECB cricket, yeah. director, director is the right word. So I think they sat down and made a conscious effort with a four-year plan to win one white ball World Cup. I think, yes, they won one in um, 2014, I think, in West Indies. But I don't think they give it as much importance as they should. They wanted to win a 50-0 World Cup. So they channelized all their energies towards making the best white ball team that they could do. So in the bargain, they sidelined red ball cricket to an extent because they were focusing on, on, on in county cricket, in the, in the various formats that they were playing, a lot. The scouts were told to find out about the white ball cricketers. And that's when you got the Roys, the Hales, you know, the Butlers. Everybody came through. And these guys played a certain brand of cricket, which is very new to England, which I think the whole country enjoyed it. And the results were there to see. They had a brilliant captain, Owen Morgan, who did a fabulous job for them and took them to the top of the ladder. Now, I think, again, they are focusing on the next thing, which is the next White Ball World Cup that's going to come around the corner in a few months, the T20 World Cup. I think they're putting a lot of emphasis on that. So what this has done is they have rested various players at different points of time because they're trying to get the best team out there in October to play that World Cup. I think they're putting a lot of emphasis on that. Once that gets over, I think the cycle will start where they look to win the next Ashes. And I think that's one of the main reasons they're going to really struggle in this Ashes because a lot of energy has been invested in the last four to five years in trying to make the best white ball cricket team out in that England has ever seen. And, you know, to be fair to them, they've done a fabulous job in winning the World Cup last time around. They are a good set of players, but these set of players are never going to win you a test match. They're very different. I think, you know, test match players are very different. You know, they're a very different breed. So now England again has to, you know, rework that route to find good test players in that. Now, county cricket is always going to be a problem because you make money in the summer. So when you make money in the summer, you're going to put white ball cricket there. That makes the big money. Let's not mistake that. So it's a bit of a catch-22 situation. Where do you go now? So if you want to finish all your county games, then you've got to put it in the front and the back end of it. So then you don't play good quality cricket because gentle medium pacers who bowl at 70 and 75 will always come out and do far better than the ones bowling at 90 clicks. It's always going to be the case. So it's a case of what do you do now? Are you going to put money on test cricket which in turn is not going to give you money back or are you going to invest in the 100 and the white ball mm. tournaments and win the white ball competitions and probably forego test cricket a little bit considering that the whole cricketing world is not emphasizing on test cricket too much. In England, there's an Ashes which you guys give a lot of importance for and every Ashes, there's always going to be this headache. How good is England doing? If England does great, very nice, everybody's happy. If they do badly, start again. What can we do to beat Australia the next time we meet them? So this is a cycle that's going to go on. The answer to that is if you want to prioritize red ball cricket, then you bring it to the middle of it. But then ECB is not going to have the money. They're already in losses. Now, as I said, this is a massive, uh, difficult mm -hmm. one. It's a long, detailed answer. So, you know, we can keep going round and round. And that's the biggest issue ECB has. So they have said that, you know what, let's focus on white ball cricket. Let's try and win a few World Cups. We're bringing the 100 into play. We want some great players. We want some good players coming out of our own sheds. We got the Roy's, we got the, you know, Butlers, Hales, Archers, Stokes. So they're going in that direction. When you go in that direction, definitely your four-day your four cricket is going to get hit a bit. You know, you're not going to find the Sibleys. You know, there are not going to be many Sibleys coming through. You'll find a lot more, you know, flamboyant stroke makers coming through. So obviously, that's not going to help your red ball cricket. So, you know, that's my answer to this. Thank you. And I think the point that Simon made earlier on about the, the change in the pitches and the preparation of the New Zealand players to play more consistently shows the length of time that you have to prepare and preparing for the ashes after the world cup is no time at all but well, actually helped right. our white ball cricket right. too 
I, and it did our white ball cricket a lot of good. Um, our batsmen were able to just yeah. transfer from red ball to white ball cricket. We don't have, haven't had the resources to play both formats of the game. So we tend to have a crossover of at least six, seven players in our red ball and white ball formats, particularly 50 over stuff. But I mean, it served us well at the last two World Cups with, um, you know, with that, that strategy as well. So we haven't quite won one yet, but uh, maybe one day. One day. <laughs> One day. Well, you might win this World Test Championship final. That's that's going to be something that is a fillet for, for New Zealand cricket after yeah. the emphasis put on the uh, the direction of travel. And uh, guys, thank you very much. Uh, I, I'd just say one thing, actually. Um, Dinesh, you, uh, you, you have hand speed with the bat, but you have word speed even more. Um, it's it, you're, the, the, the torrents coming out of your mouth are absolutely fantastic and really compelling. So... Thank you very much for, for giving us your time. Who would be a cricket administrator? That is my question. I mean, imagine trying to manage all these issues. It's virtually <laughs> impossible. It's much better being a commentator, isn't it? <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this extended preview of the World Test Championship final, which starts, of course, on Friday, the 18th of June, with a potential sixth day added for Wednesday the 23rd if the weather does prove to be pretty dodgy um, and certainly as I say the forecast isn't particularly good. Simon and I will be doing a review of every day's play provided there actually is some play. And by the way you can meet more stars of the game and ask them direct questions by joining our virtual cricket club worldsbestcricketclub.com we run a live event every Wednesday night with either a player or a former player a well-known character from the game and you can ask some direct questions it's in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust the charity that supports players who've fallen on hard times and it is a regular weekly event on a Wednesday night so join our cricket community for more fun and insight go to worldsbestcricketclub.com Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.